0: Welcome everybody to Outside the Box Conversations, and and I, you know what? You don't know this, but you're a dream guest of mine. Oh, really? Totally, you're a dream guest. How does it feel?
1: It's, like it's pretty special. Are you flattered? I am. Thank you. <laughs> I'm guys, glad I put some lip gloss on.
0: <laughs> guys, if it's on video, uh, you know I'm with Ashley Davis from Vidya yoga and fitness yes uh and i am so excited to be around uh with her we don't get to chat a lot no we don't you, you even mentioned that you don't even like have we
1: had a conversation
0: i think i've seen you
1: in passing at yoga
0: yeah then that's embarrassing well uh, i i'm that is not me in my my best light uh which we're going to talk about because i i feel like i need yoga therapy okay and you're the perfect person for for it sure yeah so but first ashley Tell me about who you are. Kind of, you know, give me give me a little background. Okay, okay? start start from the beginning.
1: All right. Well, um, the very beginning. I was born and raised in Kingsport, Tennessee, and I've always been in fitness. Um, I was a swimmer. I went to College of Charleston and um, swam D one um, at at College of Charleston. Then transferred to UT. Um, and I got a bachelor's degree in psychology, coached swimming, and then went back to school to get a master's in nursing, and I was a nurse practitioner. Um, After that, I worked for ETSU um, in a faculty practice setting. I worked at the downtown clinic with homeless um, patients, uninsured, underserved, Um, and it was a great opportunity. I loved it, but Um, my salary was funded um, by a grant from the CDC, and I knew that that grant wasn't a guarantee hmm. um, and then I also felt like I just wanted something more exciting so I applied for um, anesthesia school at UT Knoxville I got accepted and became a CRNA met my husband at in anesthesia school shout out to Nate shout out to Nate yes and uh, I never wanted to move back to Kingsport I'm so glad I, I did but uh, it was just a great opportunity for us um, from a job perspective and we moved back to Kingsport, or I moved back to Kingsport, he moved to Kingsport, he's from Western North Carolina. And um, we worked at Wholesome Valley and uh, started our own anesthesia business about five years after um, we were at Wholesome Valley. And that was in 2012. And then we thought, well, you know, we've tried the, the entrepreneurial thing with anesthesia, it's worked well let's try fitness um and we knew we wanted we just enjoy you know the the aspect of starting a business and and especially if it's something you know you're passionate about it's a lot of fun it's it's stressful but um it's very rewarding
0: um Uh, tell me a little bit about the anesthesia business
1: i I didn't know that okay yeah yeah so um We were approached by a gastroenterologist um, while we were staff at Wholesome Valley about um, staffing endoscopy centers and providing outpatient anesthesia for colonoscopies and endoscopies. Super cool. Yeah. So we started that business, um, my husband, Nate, and we, we have another partner. And that was in 2012, and we have more than tripled the size of our business since then. So that's still going on right now. Absolutely. Wow. That's why I'm in scrubs today. Fist, we got we to got fist bump <laughs> All right. rock on. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, now, you mentioned
0: CRNA. For the people who don't know what a CRNA does, okay. explain that.
1: So uh, CRNAs, um, Certified Registered Nurse Anesthetists, we provide over 60% of all anesthetics in the country. So in r- rural suburban areas, sometimes you will find CRNAs practicing independently. Um, often CRNAs work with medical anesthesiologists in a anesthesia care team model, they work together. Um, but there are, are many situations where it's, it's appropriate and very cost effective for nurse anesthetists to work independent of, of an anesthesiologist. Mm. Um, And in this area, and especially in this time where, where costs, you know, are an issue and and increased um, costs of health care, it's a, it's a very affordable way and a a very safe way to provide anesthesia. Um, So we had that opportunity and we took it and and our reputation has allowed us even more opportunity so we're continuing to grow
0: so it, it, it just it came about in the sense that you just wanted to try something a little bit different after doing the nurse practitioner thing and mm-hmm. that it, it's so specialized and that's why you know i i have a, a buddy who who is a crna as well and 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 he just he loves it you yeah. know it's oh, such I a passion it. and um, I'm just, I'm so pumped to hear about the, the anesthesia business.
1: Right. Yeah. It It's, um, you know, for a nurse, like, I love the profession. Uh, I haven't always loved it. There were times where I felt like a glorified waitress when I was a floor nurse. Um, and I realize now, like, that those experiences definitely contributed to my ability to, to grow and to do other things, even though at the time they weren't necessarily very rewarding. Um, but... It, it's a fantastic job. Fantastic. But there's a, like, there's a lot of pressure with that,
0: <laughs> you know, and I don't think people realize that, like, there is, there's a lot on the line there. Like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? And has that helped you in your business ventures? Like, have it, being a, being cool under pressure?
1: Absolutely. I think it's made me um, able to assess risk. Uh, and, and understand that like, you know, when you're anesthetizing a patient and it's somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, um, you know, and their life is essentially in your hands, you compare that risk versus opening a hot yoga studio. <laughs> and, you know, it's all relative, but yeah. it, it comes back to when you're used to dealing with those situations um, and there's a lot on the line, it, it, um, it prepares you for, for life in general. But I will say I had some great training, very, very good training at UT Knoxville. And, and so I, I've always felt very prepared.
0: That's so cool. And, and you, you mentioned you're a swimmer. Was that like a passion of yours growing up? Have you always, you know, wanted to be a D1 swimmer? Um.
1: Yes, yes. Well, were I, you, or
0: were you just good at it?
1: Well, I think I was more of a hard worker. Like I, I my parents and I often have this discussion cuz my brothers were both swimmers too and and I've seen a lot of people that are a lot more talented than I am in in that regard. So I would say part talent, I got big hands and big feet, makes good for good swim, but <laughs> I I just I like um you know, and this kind of crosses over into yoga the meditative aspect of each morning five thirty to 7 staring at a black line and you know the breath and the movement and the rhythmic aspect of swimming and when you spend you know as a collegiate athlete high school athlete at, at Dobbins Bennett you know three to four hours a day doing that there's a lot of uh, you know uh, a um, clearing of the mind that Mm. goes on with that and runners
0: feel that as well yes
1: great great comparison
0: but I feel like swimming you know especially you know as you get older is so much easier on your joints Mm -hmm. to me it's a better form of exercise if you're wanting that cardio it it, is grueling though
1: absolutely and the biggest benefit I've seen from it is uh, you know my age the muscle mass that I have and and I think it's really um, contributed to me maintaining a, a normal body weight. I do have, you know, I do work out and, and on a regular basis. But having, you know, a body with a lot of muscle, you know, makes you, you know, a metabolic machine from some, reg- well, it, <laughs> some regard.
0: you know, and we're going to talk a, a lot about yoga today. But do you still swim quite a bit? Because obviously you're, you're doing a ton of yoga.
1: I don't swim at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, that feeling of jumping in a cold pool, like, I mean, if if, I would swim, probably if it was, you know, I'll I'll be honest with
0: you. I'm not sure you could pay me to jump in a cold pool at 5 a.m. Like, I know you guys. Oh, yeah. Like, the hours are insane and you jump in the pool, you're, you're not even awake and you just start going. Yeah, right. But one thing I can, I do like is that meditative state you get into, mm-hmm. it's so repetitive and you can totally just clear out your mind. Absolutely. And there's something like, was that like a, uh, were you addicted to that?
1: Yeah, I would say it definitely provided some stability. I actually, my first year uh, as a freshman in, in college, I went to UT and I joined a sorority and, and at the end of the year, I just felt like something was missing and I talked to my parents and and since then I've talked to other people that um whose children are 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 finishing or in their freshman year and they just feel like you know it was too much change too and so I spent the summer training and I'd interviewed at College of Charleston so I knew the coach and um and and so I was able to to train that summer and get right back into shape and and have personal um, best even as a sophomore after taking a year off so well,
0: you, you seem like the type that has lots going on all the time did you did you appreciate that going from you know being kind of a normal student at UT to being a student athlete in the sense of you got lots going on and it's almost like a job like was that helpful for you is that the way your your brain works
1: Absolutely, but don't 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 get me wrong. I like to have a good time too. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, I knew I knew at college of Charleston it would be a good balance between, you know, I could have gone to UT and swam and never traveled, like sat on the bench, um, and trained, uh, but instead I chose a D one school that allowed. You know, I was able to travel, you know, um, go to meets and and be on the team and then also have a good balance. Um, so at that point, I was really just looking for the experience, you know, just finishing college and, and you know, what kind of environment do I want to spend my time in. But the interesting thing, when I was at College of Charleston, the New York Knicks um, did their preseason and postseason training at College of Charleston. So when I was there... Um, Charlie Ward, it was right when oh, yeah. he was the Heisman Trophy winner, yep. and he was playing for the Knicks, and um, who else, Patrick Ewing. So they told us, our strength and conditioning coach, who went on to um, work, Gertie's really licking me now, <laughs> for uh, the the Utah Jazz, um, he told us, you know, when you're in the weight room, like, the Knicks are going to be coming in. If they talk to you, fine, but don't approach them. So I have this vivid memory of being in the weight room, and Patrick Ewing looks over, and he's, he's bench pressing, and he looks over at me and winks, and he says, can I get a spot? And I, I looked at my trainer, like, like may I? And he, he nods, so I walked over, and I spotted Patrick Ewing. And then he stood up and kind of you know shook my hand. And so having that kind of experience, I wouldn't have had that. You have um,
0: spotted for Patrick Ewing. I have. That's I have incre- spotted
1: Patrick Ewing that is incredible. bench pressing. Yes. That is incredible. Like, yeah. I'm
0: so jealous right now. Yeah. I would have been so nervous, though.
1: You know, I think I was just, you're, you know, 22-year-old, like, <laughs> you know, in the midst of training. Um, and then Charlie Ward, I met him because, you know, he came and talked to some of the athletes. Um, but just getting to to be around them and, there, and the whole team, um, you know, working out alongside them. It was a really cool experience. It's
0: such a cool experience. I'm really glad you shared that because it's it's really, it's explaining how, because I've known you're driven, and mm-hmm. now I kind of understand your background in terms of, like, where that's come from. And, uh, you know, athletics has played such a big part in your life, and uh, obviously health has. And so tell me how you went from, you know, being a CRNA to wanting to get into the, the fitness world in addition to healthcare. Okay. Like,
1: tell me... Uh, and with Kingsport sure so I, I always consider myself like the ultimate fitness consumer yeah. like whenever I would travel I would look up the latest boutique fitness studio just seeing what's out there um, and I initially became a spinning instructor that was in 2001 um, and and so that was my initial love I did that for years Was this before
0: spinning became like what it is today
1: um, definitely, way before Peloton. Okay. Um, it was, I mean, it was big at gyms. Okay. Um, but it wasn't, you know, what it is today. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that, and I'd always heard about hot yoga and, and didn't really know much about it. So one day, I it was only about probably five years ago, I traveled to Asheville and took a class at Bikram Asheville, which is now uh, Asheville Hot Yoga. And it's a ninety-minute class, and it's twenty-six postures. It was very structured. There's no talking. There's no. You just do the postures, and afterwards, it was it was the wildest feeling. Like just afterwards, I felt like I'd had a massage, even though my heart rate was elevated. It was it was definitely there was definitely a fitness aspect to it. So I found, and this is when I still worked at the hospital, um, I think, uh, but I found myself taking any opportunity I could to go to Asheville and and take classes there. And then um, I started to get to know people and I realized there were a lot of people from Kingsport and Johnson City going there to take classes. Huh, on a regular basis? Yes. And, oh. and I even, oh, you're the Kingsport girl, you're the Johnson City girl, you know, and, and yeah. we, would, we would talk. And, and so one day... Um, I came home and told Nate, I was like, We need we just need to do this. Like I mean, we could do this, we're gonna stay here. We've got two children, we're not we're not leaving, our business is here. Let's just do it. And and at the very least it'll be a, a stay the art facility that we can enjoy. Um, and so we opened Vita Hot Yoga in August of two thousand seventeen, knowing that it might be one of the worst markets in the world for hot yoga where in the bible belt people still see yoga as a religion um, and boutique fitness is a little pricier than the ymca and we also have one of the greatest ymcas yeah. in the state if not the greatest um so we knew it was a risk and and honestly um we've had the best we've continued to grow in this quarter Um, the first quarter of January 2021 was our best quarter we've ever had. Wow. Which is, I think a great thing in spite of COVID and- Uh, Amazing. Everything that's gone on. And, And we don't really, we don't do a ton of advertising. It's mostly through social media and word of mouth. So we've had this steady growth. Well,
0: you know, it, I, I remember when you guys opened because it was such a big deal. Like the fact that Kingsport was getting a hot yoga studio because, you know, I, I live in Knoxville and, and they're huge there and Nashville and so in the in the bigger markets they're becoming a, a real thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what I want to want to talk to you about today is just the culture behind hot yoga. Why do you think it's become what it is today? You know, because there is a um, just a huge following of people who. Um, kind of live and breathe by that, you know, two to three times a week they get mm-hmm. to go to hot yoga. Do you, you saw it in Asheville. What do you think's behind some of that?
1: Well, I think there are definitely fitness fads. There are trends and there are things that, you know, you can you can tell are not going to last. And I actually had some critics tell me, oh, you know, I had a lot of critics, you know, that were, were vocal um, in the beginning. And and um,
0: in, in just that it wouldn't work in Kingsport, Right.
1: That it's, um, well, why would you do that? I mean, just the idea of going in a hot room with high humidity and exercising, um, that it would, Gertie's making a scene over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just seems so foreign to people. But the thing that, that gave me so much confidence was that initial experience I had. Like, that it's just something so different. You know, I, I went in from a fitness aspect and then... The, the more classes I took, the more experiences I had, people I met, it evolved into much more than that. And so I find, you know, talking to members, we'll have people that quit their membership for three months because they're traveling or they're having surgery or maybe, you know, it's not in their budget. Um, but most of them always come back because they realize how much better they feel, they move, um, how much more productive they are, centered, grounded, um, and so to me, that's one of the most gratifying aspects of it is just seeing what a positive impact it makes.
0: Well, one of the things I hear from, you know, I, I know a lot of the members uh, at, at now Vidya uh, Yoga and Fitness, um, it's they want to sweat. They mm-hmm. go there to sweat and there's something... Um, uh, rejuvenating about that mm-hmm. do you like and i i know you guys have a heating system that's different you know why don't we go into some of the health benefits of an sure. infrared type situation
1: right well not all hot yoga studios have infrared heat um and and i knew being in healthcare, i knew the benefits of infrared heat um there are um a couple of infrared saunas uh, in the region like businesses that have the saunas where people will go and pay you know, so much per minute to sit in the sauna. Uh, and I, I, I realized that there were studios that have, being the consumer, you know, going around, what kind of heating system you have? What kind of humidification? Um, so we knew that we wanted to be able to, to provide that benefit because um, if you're gonna do it, why not? Like, hit, hit it from every direction. Um, so the infrared heat, um, really the the big the big thing you notice a difference so if you were to take a yoga class in a a studio that had conventional like forced air heating versus infrared heat you feel the heat um in a conventional heated studio it almost like hits you in the face you know like you're standing in front of of a heating unit like a um you know like i'm trying to think of like the baseboard heating you know when you feel it's like dry and it's like it. It's, it hits you. Infrared heat, what it does... Besides thick. Yes, yeah. right, okay. right. It, and it affects your, like, it's like the, air, the heat in the car, you know, where you just feel dry and you feel... Um, but infrared heat heats objects. It doesn't heat, so it doesn't warm the ambient air. Now, the ambient air temperature may rise because if you have 30 people in a, you know, 900-square-foot room and they're absorbing the heat from the infrared heat... The water bottles are may feel, like your water bottle may feel hot to touch. The flooring may feel hot. Um, it, it's going to feel hotter. But if you just walk in a room that's heated the same temperature with infrared heat as a conventional um, heated room, there's a difference.
0: So when you say, like, there's going to be some rooms where the floors are actually hot and you mm-hmm. can't walk around. But with this particular heating system, you're not going to get... Feel like you're getting burned when you're walking Absolutely around but not. you're getting the benefit of the sweating etc right what is it about infrared like because i've heard so many you know, all the health people are saying infrared saunas you know go to a place like you know video where you know they have an infrared heating system what is it about infrared that really impacts your health
1: okay well infrared heat um penetrates your tissue So it it can penetrate up to four centimeters, um, the depth into the tissues. And anytime you have um, heat, you know, a lot of times when you're exposed to heat, uh, you know, as a nurse, if I'm trying to um, put an IV in a patient and they're cold, they're vasoconstricted, it's harder to find the vein Um, with heat. You know, you vasodilate, you increase, uh, it, blood is increased, you, um, blood flow is increased, and you have a release of nitrous oxide that is also um, associated with a vasodilatory response. Um, so all of that contributes to increased blood flow. And when you have the increased blood flow to tissues, you also have um, the ability to, you um, Take oxygen, remove toxins, um, reduce the inflammatory response. Um, so, all that comes down to the one of the great benefits from a fitness standpoint of infrared heat is the um, associated reduction in um, inflammation, delayed onset muscle soreness because of the blood flow. Absolutely. So you want you want a vasodilate, right?
0: Interesting. Okay. Right. Does that it, I'm a, I'm a cramper. Like I, like I, I, I've always struggled with cramping. Would, would that help with cramping out of curiosity? Do you
1: want more increased blood flow? I'm not, it depends on what's causing the cramping. It could uh,
0: be like lack of sodium. Absolutely.
1: Right. Um, electrolyte imbalance. Um, it could be, you know, something you're predisposed sure. to because of your genetic disposition. Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, about if if it's directly related, we definitely, you know, when you are sweating, you definitely want to be aware that you're also losing electrolytes. But one of the things that's been shown, um, with infrared heat, uh, especially people that are exposed to it over time is a heat, um, is they uh, get used to the heat. Um, they, Yeah. yeah, so they sweat quicker. Um and this is definitely and you, and you want that absolutely okay. They sweat, um, and they um, and this is something that's been researched. Um, actually, just read a study yesterday about um, a sports team that went through like a heat um acclimatization training where they were exposed to heat and high humidity, and um, they found that it's kind of like altitude training like okay. like if you train in high altitudes you know when you come back down it's same thing with heat training if you're used to training it's a stressor to the body the body's trying to conserve fluid electrolytes and and after you do it repetitively the body's like okay i can deal with this so so what and you And that's when it sweats yes okay. and 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 you become more efficient at cooling um, but, but you also, um, they've also found that um, plasma volume is increased and that over time um, there is a, um, there's not as much electrolyte loss. So, it, so I, what I get excited about is seeing where, and I'm hoping when we open our studio in Johnson City, I would love to be involved with research because there's not a lot of information out there but like altitude training or any other extreme um what infrared heat in particular and, and this heat acclimatization can do for athletes so
0: as you are exposed more so say you you go to hot yoga more and, and you know the infrared heating system your body becomes more used to the heat mm-hmm. thus you're, you're able to handle the heat better absolutely and also you start to sweat earlier yes okay so you want to like immediately get like the beads of sweat as you walk in but explain to me the you're not losing as much sodium because that because i would love like that's so fascinating
1: well i i it, there are just some studies that I've read that that over time it's a compensatory mechanism. Your body's able to conserve sodium and chloride.
0: So with with sweating and being in heat, yes. and your body learns how to adapt to that.
1: Right. So they've analyzed the sweat, the content, yeah. and um, and that they they have shown that there is a conservation of electrolytes in in people that have achieved that over time, where they've. Um, you know the heat acclimatization. so um, and we often find people that come in I don't sweat you know my mom's one of them she's a 72 year old postmenopausal I mean the person that definitely is like do not put me in a hot room <laughs> and and she was also someone who um, I'm just using her as an example that just said I never sweat and I always want to say hang in there if you can come and in anecdotally it seems to be about three times a week for several weeks, people start to get the, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable, I'm sweating more. Um, and if you look around, the yogis that, that are there the most often generally are the ones that sweat the most. And that just may be my experience. That's think, not a I scientific think, observation, but. I'm an
0: exception to that because okay. I, I'm a terrible yogi. And and when I go. I don't
1: believe that. Let's see it. Let's see your <laughs> tree pose right now. <laughs> they,
0: they, they can't, they can't handle that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but I'll go and I'm that dude who is in a puddle. I'm among all these beautiful women. And I'm the guy that's just got, you know, puddles of sweat, you know, panting, struggling, you know, you know, looking at the time like, oh, my God, I've been in here for 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> Wait, this isn't a good like business promo here. OK, <laughs> so. <laughs> no,
0: I think it's just not a good. No, promo I love for, your honest opinion. Me.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, it's just, you know, I. But what I'm learning is that that's OK. Like, oh, if absolutely. You, you want to be sweating that much
1: right absolutely um the other aspect that we've not touched on is the high humidity you know if you're if you're in an environment that's dry um you know your body cools by the evaporative heat loss so when you sweat you know the energy transfer the heat from your your core is transferred to the surface of your skin and then you have evaporative heat loss well when you have an environment that has high humidity it it's much more difficult to achieve the cooling from the evaporative heat loss because you can't really because of the gradient um, of the humidity that's in the air relative to what's on your skin it's a it's a much smaller gradient than what it would be if you had sweat on your skin you were in a dry room like you're just not gonna you're not gonna evaporate the the heat like the it's almost
0: gonna- like it, it- it opens up your pores and it just
1: like, it's like a release or something. And that's why it's a detoxifier.
0: Mm -hmm. Would that explain some of the detoxifying uh, uh, benefits, I guess?
1: Yes, I think so. And I try not to, um, to promote that too much just because like in the literature, there's definitely some great studies that support detoxification, mercury, lead, um, there's some other toxins, uh, heavy metals that, you know, they have found in sweat. Um, But I try not to get too much into that just because those studies, I really want to promote things that are definitely have been studied and studied and studied. But from what I've seen, actually, I read a study um, yesterday about the World Trade Center. They took, some firefighters, first responders that were at the World Trade Center on 9-11, and they were there weeks after 9-11 where the toxins, um, the PCBs, dioxins in the ambient air were extremely high. They measured their levels, um, their serum levels of those toxins before they put them on a regimen of sauna therapy, very similar to the environment of hot yoga. They also um, gave them vitamins and had them exercise. And the one thing I remember is the whole group had a 65% reduction in PCBs in their blood. I, know, I believe that. Right. Like, without
0: a shadow of a doubt. Like, I believe that so much.
1: Yeah. And so, and that was a study out of um, University of California, UCLA's medical school. And and so, you know, I think, I think there's definitely you can definitely say that there is a detoxifying aspect for it, you know? So
0: for the people who, who have never experienced hot yoga, like what, what's some advice you could give to them to get into it? Cause I know it can be intimidating. You yeah. know, it's, it's a hard class, you know? So if they want to get into it, um, what's some, some tips to, to like some expectations, uh, ways to kind of ease your way into it. And then, cause I, it, it feels like the more you do it, the better the benefits are going to be for you if once you become absolutely to the heat, that seems to be the game, right? Is getting used to it. And we haven't even touched on the yoga part, right? I mean, oh my God.
1: <laughs> That'll be part two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I, I definitely that's the biggest barrier for us, um, is people that feel like they've got an idea of what yoga is in their mind and the intimidation factor. But I can tell you, our studio—the people that we admire the most—are the ones that come in and don't have the six pack, or mm-hmm. you can see that look, like they don't know where to go or what to do. And to me, like those are the people I admire because it's easy to come in, like if you're super fit and you're confident, um, you know, any any fitness modality. Sure. Um, so having an open mind and just trusting the fact that the benefits are way going to outweigh that feeling that you have a feeling. I don't belong here or I don't know what to do. I can't touch my toes. It's like, well, none of us were flexible when we first started doing this. Yeah, And we do some crazy stuff at our studio arm balances. Uh, There's a festival, Johnson city yoga festival, June 12th, um, in downtown, And they've asked um, our studio to do the arm balance um, part of the festival. Um, and it, it's very physical, but it's something that I wasn't doing five years ago. I wasn't doing four years ago. Um, but I would say just about anybody that can get up and walk up two flights of stairs um, and, you know, has a reasonable amount of strength for their age can can learn that. So
0: Yeah, and and I think with yoga in particular, it's one of those things that you can see improvement. Um, It's so obvious. Yes. And and there's something about that just in, in anything in life, just to see, you know, I was here before and now I'm here. You know, it's just like, you know, with golf, people hit one great golf shot and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm hooked, you know. Oh. Have you noticed, it, it seems like you are you yourself, and, and you are a yogi, you know, being able to see it, Well, I wasn't able to do that five years ago, and now you are.
1: Yes, and and one of the things, we have a teacher training program at our studio, and we're heavy into anatomy. We're heavy into cueing, um, but one of the things, we just wrapped up Saturday night with our last teacher training. We have another one starting in August um is we focus on um yoga but also um being symmetrical and working on deficits so as a swimmer and a cyclist most of my exercise has been in the sagittal plane like front to back movement so i'm weak in my hips you can ask ernie (laughs) So I've actually saw treatment for Performance Medicine for, and he's helped me tremendously to identify weaknesses. And the beauty of yoga is that you work in the sagittal plane, but you also work in the frontal plane where you're moving right to left. And sagittal being sagittal, uh, straightforward. Yes. Sagittal okay. is like a straightforward um, running, cycling um the frontal plane is anything imagine that the body is between two plates of glass and so anything that you could do between those two planes like side lunges um half moon and yoga is definitely in the the frontal plane um and then the transverse plane which there are very few um exercise or fitness modalities where you get um the transverse plane but the twisting and the binds that we do um it's i mean it's it's all encompassing and and you'll find out really quick where you're weak where your deficits are and as and as a you know 45 year old athlete that's super important cuz i want to be doing this 20 years from now sure, yeah. and also it's a great feeling as a teacher where you where you help people identify those um, areas and and they're able to to do more
0: can you when you were talking what I was thinking about is the edge and I know like I hear it all the time in yoga classes for the people who don't know what does it mean to kind of explore your own edge you know and and how do you not go too far and how do you you know not um come close to it
1: right you know well I think the edge often is it can, can be a mental thing um yes right where you're You know, a little discomfort is sometimes good. You know, sometimes there's progress involved in that. But when it comes to the body and it's associated with joint pain, chest pain, anything like that, or in a a heated environment where you can have syncopial episodes, if you have a tendency to have low blood pressure and you stand up quick, you're vasodilated, like we we talked about, you know, you definitely don't want to push through things like that. But sometimes conquering that fear or that aspect something that you've built up in your mind you know that that may be you know getting to the edge and maybe getting beyond that um
0: have you experienced that yourself in your own practice like um trying to find what that is for you and and maybe pushing back what you thought you could do like do you have you ever found in your own practice where your your mind was was holding you back maybe a little bit
1: Absolutely. I think for me, the physical practice comes naturally as an athlete. Um, and, and, and it's more what, what yoga has evolved to for me is definitely all encompassing. So it's, you know, the physical practice is there is very rewarding. Um, but you know, really challenging myself to steal my mind and to, um, to come into that meditative space where I can really lower my heart rate. I can, um, you know, like anesthesia, you know, conquer the autonomic nervous system where you can do the same thing in yoga with breath. So really disciplining myself. So that's a challenge for me. Um, I enjoy the physical practice, but that other side is always right there saying, okay, you gotta.
0: Do they go together um, in the sense that, does your physical practice get better as you train your mind to become more still to slow your heart rate down? Have you noticed? Is there any sort of correlation, or you know, can you be killing it on the physical side, being you know, getting in all these uh, poses, you know, and perfecting you know different um, stances, et cetera, but your mind is all over the place?
1: Absolutely. So um, one of the one of the aspects of yoga that we that we talk about is the Tristana method which is um is bondus which is like you know your core and um I can't talk about bondus and summarize it all here (laughs) but also um your dristi which is your focus um and then also pranayama which is your breath uh so if you're chaotic in your practice it's going to show up it's eventually like it's going to it's gonna show up either in your balance. Um, so if you can control the breath, you know, and just be aware of your breath and not necessarily, I mean, if you're you know, at a high metabolic rate and your your, you know, your core temperature's up, like you're gonna to need to breathe off the byproducts of that metabolism. Your breath respiratory rate naturally is gonna get higher. But just being aware of that. And then when you come down and the the more grounded postures where you're not exerting as much physically, just being aware of your breath and acknowledging as you know, it's time to settle down. Um, I think there's that, that mix, but, but Drishti is something that we often talk about in yoga and any pose that, um, that there's a focal point where your eyes go and it helps with focus. It helps with balance and it helps to decrease that chaotic n- nature. That's
0: what, it's called Drishti. Drishti. I love that because I've always, been fascinated with like where you know where your eye where your aim is you mm-hmm. know and how that keeps things you know centered in your life Absolutely. in general so like you know in practical terms in, in like a yoga practice would that mean just you know focusing on a spot on the wall or focusing on a spot on the floor
1: is that right okay so certain poses like often we'll say erva lifted dr- dristi and in Sanskrit Urva I'm not sure. It's up. It's upward-lifted dristi. So in some poses, let's say like vashistasana, which is side plank, um, will cue to lift your top arm and gaze at your hands. Um, And so side plank can be hard enough on its own, but when you lift the arm and you take your gaze, it requires a significant... uh, uh, amount of strength balance and focus to really take that gaze where it's supposed to go interesting
0: because because i can even when as you're mentioning i could feel myself i could feel how i would fall off balance there mm-hmm. you know but but what you're saying is as you learn how to do that the the about your body responds in a in a healthy way
1: it becomes more natural um and it you know, it's just, uh, it's about alignment, but it's also about focus. Um, you know, often when we, we talk about Dristy, you don't want to look at like a logo on the shirt in front of you or because that, you know, if that's a person, they're going to be moving and that's, you know, you want to find a fixed focal point and for each posture, it's, it's different. Um, so can that help with your breathing as well in absolutely because i
0: feel like if that if if you're focused on that fixed folk that fixed point it almost allows you to become more aware of your breath because your mind is uh has that anchor mm-hmm. is that am i absolutely. totally off okay
1: absolutely that's what i was thinking yeah and, and it and it allows you to slow your slow down your breath and and to really get into the posture Um, Which
0: allows you to kind of reach that edge physically as well. Yes. Because you can kind of sit in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to be respectful of your time. And I know you've got a lot going on. So tell me a little bit about, you mentioned Johnson City and I'm already excited about it. Yes, we are
1: too. Tell me what's going on in Johnson City, and I know it's big. Okay, so we have not announced this. So Performance Medicine, thank you, Ben.
0: We will edit this out if it's not ready. Yes, right.
1: So when we um, realized that it was time to move to a second location, um, we wanted to um, uh, trademark our name and our brand. Um, so we looked into it and Vida, hot yoga was not an option. There's already a studio with that name. So we came up with Vida, V-I-D-Y-A, which in Sanskrit means knowledge or wisdom. So um, an, another part of the evolution of our studio in Kingsport was the fitness aspect. Um, so we have bar and we're also offering hit classes. At Vija Yoga and Fitness in Johnson City, we're also partnering um, with a wonderful bar instructor out of Seattle. Um, her name is Adrian Rabina, and Bar Eclipse. And we are the only studio on the East Coast to have a partnership with Bar Eclipse. No way! And the interesting story is during quarantine, I don't, I don't really like a lot of online classes. Um, sure, I've just never, it's never really appealed to me. Well, on um, ALO Moves, which ALO is a, ALO Yoga is a, a yoga, a fitness and apparel company, but they also have a lot of really good content, like some of the best, like Instagram yogis you'll find. Dylan Werner um, is one, um, Ashley Galvin, but Adrienne is a bar teacher, and she's one of um, top five instructors for ALO Moves, and i just really liked her bar content i've never really been into bar but i appreciated like what we talked about earlier working in all the dimensions of fitness and bar is a fitness modality that really targets that you know hip abduction working in that frontal plane
0: if if you haven't taken bar and you don't know where your weak spots uh, are it'll find it right <laughs> it'll find those weak areas
1: <laughs> right oh totally and her she comes from a yoga background and and her her bar classes on the west coast just really took off and it, you know just an east tennessee yoga teacher it, it hit me hard <laughs> and so she i started doing her bar training because we do offer bar stu, bar classes at vita but we kind of weren't sure what direction we wanted to go into and she actually reached out to me and I had a little girl crush on her you know i've watched her on ala moves highly produced and and you know just love her cueing and and she's very into like anatomical cueing. Really resonates with us and what we do at Vita. Um, so we set up a Zoom meeting. I'll never forget the day. Like I'm like that's you know, and and so actually um, I got a contract this week from her, and we're gonna go into studio partnership. And she and her husband are coming. To East Tennessee from Seattle that um, is so freaking in September cool. to do a three-day intensive. And we're going to be um, bar eclipse instructors at Vida, So, Oh, my. We got a fist again. I know, Congratulations. Right? I, I did not know that. And That's so cool. Can I get on the record that you're going to come take a bar class for me?
0: On the record. In Johnson City? On the record, I'm going to go through all the pain. Yes. I'm going to do it. Okay. It's on the record. We'll play this video, and I'll... We'll somehow document the whole thing. For,
1: All right. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> ben goes to bar.
0: Ben Ben goes to bar. I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the pain because uh, I got lots of weak areas. Okay. Um, now tell me, will the Kingsport Studio be doing some of this same hit Ab- stuff as absolutely. well? Absolutely. Okay. Well,
1: uh, not, <clears throat> excuse me. So the hit room is a, a it's around a thousand square foot um, room and it won't had, have infrared heat. So we've got three Different rooms, um, we'll also have childcare in Johnson City, so that's that's a big biggie. Um, but our bar room will have infrared heat. Um, our hot yoga studio will have infrared heat, and it's significantly larger than our one here in Kingsport. But our hit room um, will just, won't be an infrared heated studio. It'll. But we do have, um, we're going to have ultra slides, so the slide boards where you're sliding back and forward, oh again, gosh. working in that that frontal well, my, plane. My hips are killing yeah. me. Just thinking about it. <laughs> TRX, um, um, concept two rowers, the upright rowers, the skiers, um, and and a lot of strength equipment. So now, this seems like a, an enormous place. Where, where is it located? It is on Market Street. So it's um, it's in the old Skillville building. And there's a – maybe the um, new Watauga Brewery is a good um, reference. But between – if you're on Watauga Brewery's rooftop, there's a green space that's for flood mitigation um, between Watauga Brewery and our studio.
0: Rock on. Well, I'm so proud of everything you guys are doing, and I'm just so – thankful that you took the time to talk with me today like, oh this thank you it's been fun and i'm pumped about where you guys are going i'm you know pumped and also terrified of my bar my bar experience that's about to happen well i'm uh, glad you
1: made that commitment <laughs> it's on the record
0: guys ashley davis thank you so much thank you ben guys this has been outside the box and as always we will see you guys next time but don't go away don't go